The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. My guest today is the co-host of the Car Guy Coffee Podcast and president of Consistency for the Certified Solutionaries. He's on a mission to help the automotive industry be at its very best. You're going to hear him talk all about how he does that at the store he's currently at. Dude's got almost 20 years of automotive experience under his belt. You might know him as the subprime hero, my man, Fred Lenartz. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. Man, thank you for having me here, man. I'm so excited. I've been anticipating this thing for a couple of weeks now. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, I got to ask you. Uh, we, we've been chatting here before the show. Oh, yeah. uh, military. Combo. Were you in the car business pre-military or is this a post-military thing? Post-military. I, I got to serve the country straight from high school. Um, was Came right out, went right into the Air Force. So I did four years. I was an oh, aircraft wow. mechanic, did avionics, electronics, actually. It was called it a mechanic job, but I was more of wires and, and, you know, yep. <laughs> you know, checking, checking wires, making sure they're good, pulling out boxes, make sure the radios navigations. It was a great time. I worked on the A-10 station out in oh, Tucson, Arizona. I was That's there my for favorite a aircraft, by the way. No kidding. Well, yeah, I know a lot about that aircraft. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do. Yeah. I'm broke that whole thing. I've taken one all the way apart and put back together at one point too. So wow. yeah, they're, they're, they're awesome. They're a unique aircraft. Um, they really, uh, that gun on it, man, is unbelievable. Wow. I, I, I've, I've watched videos. We're, see, we're losing most of the audience now. But Sorry, folks. <laughs> I've watched the... Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. When I, when I, see, I seriously love the A-10. In fact, my, I, I think my life dreams have revolved in and around the storyline to a degree of Top Gun. Because ever since I watched that movie as like a seven-year-old, I was like, I will fly fighter jets. I will ride motorcycles. I will marry a blonde woman and we will ride to the marina and then make out ferociously on the back of my motorcycle. Uh, I did marry a blonde woman, a gorgeous blonde woman who refuses to get on the back of the motorcycle with me. Yep. Uh, and I still have not flown a fighter jet. But anyways, I've, I've heard the gun on that thing is so powerful. It actually slows the, the jet down. And it, it, actually they have a, um, it has to reignite the engines. So, it's crazy. So as it shoots, it's so powerful. The nose will naturally kick up. So it's, so the aircraft naturally flies slightly with nose down, right? So as it kicks that gun off, it'll lift Wow! inside there, the guidance control systems cause it to keep the nose down. So as it shoots, it's going to push it down naturally to the exact where it needs to be. Right. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing, but it does, it slows it down to the point where the aircraft has to go a little bit faster as it goes. So it keeps igniting everything in there to make sure that it's punching and moving, man. It's, a powerful aircraft and that rifle, I mean, that big old gun, Gatlin right gun in the front of it will destroy anything in its path. And it's just amazing how that thing flies. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we are going to lose some audience, but I'm going to go real quick. This, yeah, both the no, wings, no, give it to me. I, I'm, I'm sure your you know, audience right these now. Wings out there, if each wing gets blown off, half of the wing gets blown off, it still flies. It has two rudders in the back with two engines too. Those two rudders in the back with the two engines, if one engine gets blown off, it still flies. If one rudder gets blown off, it still can fly. It's 
completely Kevlar at the bottom, like thicker than anything you can imagine. So whenever it gets shot up, cause it will get shot cause it is a slow aircraft. It comes right. in just a, it's the tank killer. Air is what it's ground, called, yeah. Right? yeah. So it comes in and just blast stuff, but it's, it can take a lot of damage and still land. I mean, it was proven during the Gulf war when they had it, they had a bunch of them get, there's pictures of them. They, they come back and they're just torn to pieces, but yet they still flew and they were still able to complete their missions. So wow. that's what brought them back. They were actually in the boneyard. They were actually getting ready to get rid of those aircraft. And then, Gulf War happened and they were like, hold on, I think we're going to need these aircraft. They're amazing. So they modded them up, added like digital instruments instead of the analog instruments and just yep. made them a little bit better. Night, nighttime flying, all that type of stuff. I, I want to tie this to the car business just for a second, if I can, Let's do it. because we, we see this exact same scenario happening in, happening in the auto industry. And oh, what right. I mean by this is then the F-22 comes along <laughs> and that thing is supposed to replace all jets. Yep. Like this is the deal. Um, <clears throat> I actually interviewed Justin Lee, major Justin Lee, who flies F 22s, F 35s. He flew the F 16. We talked about that aircraft and how advanced it is. What I think is interesting though, especially in the aviation community, we go, Whoa, this thing, look at the specs on this thing. Look at how incredible it is. Look at what it's supposed to do. And it does do those things extremely well. But don't you think it's kind of interesting that we still need the A-10 Warthog to do what it does extremely well, despite all of the, listen with your automotive ears, folks, all of the new advancements in the way, in, in technology and performance and ability. Doesn't this happen in the car industry? Carvana is supposed to kill the car dealership yet more and more dealers are standing up saying, wait, no, actually I can do this process. Yes. New. I've seen this working in the tech space. Oh, that new website feature that we're going to launch at NADA that a year later, nobody talks about because it didn't work. It didn't do anything. It was all hype. This happens in, I think all phases of life. And so let, let's, that that there's my how well did we do did we tie in the I, I think you tied it in perfect because it's true <laughs> it's exactly what you said the a10 was going to ready be and this is right when the f22 was before the f22 was even an idea but right. there was aircraft already out you had the f16 you had the f15 you had so many other aircrafts you know that were out there that were just some more superior when it comes to air to air combat even air to ground now because you can these missiles now are so accurate you can launch one and it'll hit pinpoint spots now so you don't have to even be close to really do it but but when it comes to what these a10s did they brought back that old school they came in and they did it now what they're doing is they use in today's world these a10s they came back showed hey we could still do what we do and we do it very effectively but they updated it a little bit. They made little adjustments, but they were still able to deliver what they were bringing, which was that power, right? That, that, that overhand, that, that gun that can come in and just destroy. And that is exactly what the business is doing right now. There's a lot of amazing technologies out there that are really great. Don't get me wrong. I love the convenience that Carvana brings. You know, a lot of people hate them. I'm, I'm a car guy and I don't. Actually, yeah. I appreciate them because they helped us step up our game. That's I it. appreciate them because they deliver to people that may not want our experience. There's a lot of people that really hate us so much and shame on us for allowing that to happen, but they hate us so much because of our old techniques of selling cars. And they're not, and a lot of them are great. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I use a lot of old techniques. I still teach my 10 steps, the road to the cell. I still show people different ways to close, but I also believe that that's not exactly what you say. You have to 
understand every deal is a snowflake. Everybody's different. And you have to make sure you cater to what they want, not what you want, what they want. And I think that is the difference that we, we are going through. And I think the old school, the, the A10 that's coming in, it's great to do what you do, but just understand you have to maybe, instead of what the A10 was used for years ago, it became more of a, hey, now we can use this for tanks inside a situation in the desert because air, because helicopters can't do really well with all the sand. You know, there were so many reasons why that was so important, but that's why doing what we do in the automotive industry, being able to change the mindset maybe and saying, hey, you know, you're doing great the way you do it, but maybe if you do it out of a different place from your heart, being a little bit more empathetic for today's society because they're, they're, they're different. They, they yeah. want different. They want to know who they're buying from now. They don't care about how great the deal is. So you have to just adjust that a little bit, but you can do that. I'm 20 years in the business. You, you've been doing, you've been around this for a long time, man. You, you're a godfather, as we call you of these podcasts came when it comes <laughs> to this. Right. And, but it's, it's true. You have to adjust slightly. It doesn't mean you change who you are. You still have to, you know, as you call live your preferred experience, but right. you have to make sure that you're giving people what they need. If you're in sales, especially they're not, you're not selling them anything. You're solving their problem. And when you can do that, it, it flips it up. And that's what basically the A10 did. It came in and it solved a problem. And then they updated it a little bit to make sure that it fits today's world. Yeah. And, and, you know, so yeah, great analogy, brother. Seriously. I want to, I want to touch on this just a little bit more. You, what you just said there, solve a problem. I, I've had recent discussions with our revenue team here at, at our agency flex, uh, where I think sometimes we get our wires crossed as far as sales is concerned. We go, sales is about selling, always be closing. But I, I actually think, and I would love your thoughts on this, I think it's more about what you just said. I think sales is more about how quickly we can remove as many obstacles from the customer as possible so that it's easy enough for them to say yes. Right. What do you think? I agree. I agree. You know, I think that this technique is not new. I think that it's kind of been around in a lot of different ways, just not necessarily in sales, right? So the way we advertise, um, that's a, that's a form of selling a sell, right? But it's a different type of form of sell. It's more, Hey, let me get you interested. Let me ask questions. Let me make you think. And if we can do that as a salesperson, instead of saying, Hey man, I got this amazing product right here and you do, you should have it. How the heck do you know if they need it? You know, so you find out their needs. So that's the difference. You know, I think that what we do as salespeople, yes, when a, let's say we're talking automotive industry, when a customer walks in on the lot, yeah, they're there to buy a car. So you don't even have to ask them, you're here to look for a car. That's a silly question. Yeah, they're there to look for a vehicle, right? Uh, so the question I is, for hey, the popcorn and the, the, you know, the hot dogs. I just, you I just like to come there. here and hang out because this place is fun, <laughs> right? I got my whole family with it me. It doesn't we feel sterile at all. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you, so obviously we don't need to go through that kind of questionnaire. And when it tucks, people say, Oh, you, you know, set, set a question. Set, no, I think that it's just a, it's not about the questions or the exact, I guess it is about the exact questions, but it's not about a set set of questions for people because everyone's different. You just want to get to what their pain points are. People have their guard up when they come in, they're going to hold back a lot. And if people say the buyers are liars, I don't think they're liars. I think buyers want you to earn their trust. Um, and when you can do that, it's much better. Now, sometimes earning someone's trust might be two visits, three visits before they buy something from you. And I think that is something that kind of old school guys are not used to. They're used right. to that first time, you know, if they buy or die, we've heard that before. They need to either buy or die. And I'm like, no, they don't. You know, you need to show you care and then they'll share. And then that's kind of what needs to happen is we need to start being more focused on that and bringing that into the world. And I think that if you do that and you apply to that, 
it, it can really make a difference, not just in your, your personal sales, but it can help with your personal life because it makes you think as a better person. It actually makes it easier. You know, we as salespeople kind of put a guard up. We kind of put this fakeness up. Yeah. Hi, how you doing? I'm Fred. I, it's nice to meet you. Let me show you this car. I'm really knowledgeable about, and gee golly, you know, I, you're, I love your shoes and your wife. Wow. Nice. You know, <laughs> you love my who, right? No one cares about that anymore. Just talk to them. They yeah. don't even care what your name is until you figure out who they are. Right. That and it's facts. They won't remember how many times have you seen somebody come back? Well, that one guy, uh, he was tall. What's his buckets? No. Yeah, Bobby, no, you know, they, they would, they don't know and they don't care until you care and you don't really care until it, 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 that's, it's just the way it is. So start leading with love and start worrying about what they want. And then maybe you don't sell them anything that day. Whoa. How scary is that? It's not scary. We automotive industry, we hear no all the time. So quit being scared of the no, anticipate the no and know why there is a no. When someone says no, ask them why. How powerful is that question, right? <laughs> like, yeah. why? You know, why wouldn't you want to do this? You know, you said the vehicle was not, if you go through your stuff, you said you love the vehicle. You said you liked us. You love the dealership experience. You said if the payment was correct, you would buy it right now. What, what, what's the issue, right? You know, you have to earn that though. You can't just get it. It's just like going out and meeting somebody for the first time, going on your first date. You know, yeah. you can't ask them to come home with you. Hey, how you doing? I'm Fred. Want to come home with me? It's not the way it works. No. It, well, maybe, well, you said you liked maybe, the but. restaurant and you said you liked me and you said you liked. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's so much involved in it and it's, it's just the way it is. You have to earn. Yeah. You have to earn that from people. You have to earn their business. You know, we've heard that before. It's why it's not old school. You know, it's new. It's, I mean, it's not new school. It's old school. We have to earn people's business, but we don't have to force products down their throat. We have to figure out what their problem is. And then give them a solution. And when you do that and your mindset changes to that, man, it's, it's yeah. so fulfilling when yeah. you can say, I help them. Yep. I didn't sell them. I help them. Yeah, we're selling, man. I love, I'm a good closer. I love all that type of stuff, but I only close based off of truth, alpha facts. I don't make stuff up and fluff things around. I tell them exactly what they said, what I said, what was shown to them. And then a lot of times that's all they need to hear is some clarity, somebody to tell them you can do this. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, Hey, and, but you can't tell them that unless they trust you. Right. So start with trust, start with love, earn their trust and you'll yeah. go far, man. And I, and I think that's the key. And I think that hopefully that answered that question. I might've rambled a little long there, but I can't no, help this, it. This is brilliant. The, the reason that we produce the show to begin with is so that we can hear from more individuals such as yourself who are proving that this is in fact the case, mm-hmm. that the narrative doesn't have to be, you know, like when, <laughs> by the way, I'm a complete lay down. I've said this before. When we <laughs> bought my wife's SUV, dude, I thought, because I would say I'm a little bit spoiled now because I can typically go go to one of our clients and say, hey, I want that one, you know. But in this particular instance, my wife wanted the Palisade, the Hyundai Palisade. It's a gorgeous SUV. It's like they they thought about families in that that deal. All the USB, the entertainment, the plugins, the comfort, the this and that, the configuration. So we go to our closest Hyundai store and I say, I want that one. They brought me into the office still did all, did the four square did the how soon are you looking? No, I don't think you under. I said, <laughs> I want that one. And uh, suppose we didn't have it in this color, but you do because it's right there. I see it. How soon are you looking? No, you don't understand. It's 12 <laughs> o'clock. I have to pick my children up at two thirty. I want to do it in this vehicle. 
And, but they still, so everything you're saying resonates because yes, you do have a process. Yes. There's sales training. Yes. There's all these things, but I love what you're saying about care first, be a human being first, just pause for a minute. You know, it's also funny what you were saying about, well, not really funny, but interesting in that, um, you know, I had a conversation with a dealer years ago and I remember this, what you just brought up about, you know, people may not be ready to buy on this visit. Maybe this is their first time. They just want to scope it out. Like let people do what people do. Cause you, you know, you've got a process as the business, but you got to understand too, that that customer also has a process mm. that they're comfortable with. And so I said to this dealer who was frustrated, I, I just asked him, I said, Hey, what's the last kind of big purchase you made? And he says, Oh yeah, well, we just bought all new appliances for our kitchen. I said, great. How long did that take? And it wasn't until we kind of framed it in that way that he realized, oh shoot, we went to multiple appliance stores. We looked at multiple websites. We priced out multiple options. We opened hundreds of fridge doors and slid open hundreds of freezer doors and dishwashers and et cetera, et cetera, to make a, what, $8,000 purchase? Yes. We're talking about a $79,000 truck. And it wasn't until we put it that way. It's like, dude, you're just doing the exact same thing that they're doing. So you can't knock them for doing what is just human nature to all of us. But what you can do is build a better relationship. Like if anything, that's grace. That is grace because okay. you're getting, you're getting time to actually build a relationship with these people. But let me ask you this, Fred. What do you think adds to the urgency? Is it us, like, as businesses, have we created the urgency to just, like, sell, 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 like, Gatling guns, like, selling, 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 selling? Yeah, I, I think that as an industry, you know, we're numbers. You know, we don't look at people in a sense. You know, I think I think working by the numbers, you know, managing by numbers, I've heard all these things. I think that there's great parts of that, and it really, because numbers don't lie. You know, we all know that and we've heard that term and it's true. I'm a big mathematician. I love math and I know how exact math is and how that, and then how it correlates with so much in the world. But, um, but it's at the same time, it, there's a human factor in there. There's a, um, you, you know, it's just like when you have a salesperson who's not doing well, a lot of times you might call that laziness, but sometimes it's actually most of the time it's something going on in their life. You know, there, maybe their spouse is sick or, or they, their, their kids are not doing good at school and they're having to discipline them and they don't like disciplining and they feel bad and they don't know what to do. Or maybe their parent just passed away or their grandparent did, you know, there's so many factors, but that's why I think numbers is a good thing to look at. Cause you can kind of find that if you really look into it, that's why I love numbers. You know, you see somebody that normally does this many cars, all of a sudden he's dipped to here. You're like, hold on, you want to catch it quick. Hey man, you're having a bad week. What's going on? You need to speak. Do you need time off? What's going on is, you know, there, that's, that's kind of, where it's different. You have to figure that out. You can't just go by numbers. Say, oh, he doesn't deserve to work here. No, man, he, there's, here are people, they're people. And as leaders, we have to do that with our people so that they do it with their people. Right. Right. It's, it's the same thing. We have to lead and show them how to lead. And when you start to have a culture that involves that type of situation where you can freely speak to people and really learn them and understand them and really grow with them and, and watch them grow and feel great about their accomplishments and feel sad when bad things happen with them and, and feel the joy of when their kid gets their first goal too. And mm -hmm. they, you know, just like I heard somebody and it was really cool. They said, uh, 
I know I'm probably going a little bit off subject, but they said that the, uh, their salespeople, you know, we all cut their tie the first time they sell a car. I don't remember who said this, uh, may have been you, but they said they cut their tie the first time they sell a car. They, they do all these things, they celebrate it, but then the second car, no one talks about it. The third car, no one talks about it. Right. And it is, but why not celebrate every single one? How great of a culture would that be? Mm. What's so funny is that I heard that. And when I heard that, I heard that. And I went back to my store, you know, that's what I love about life. You find inspiration in all kinds of different places. It could right. be today in my clubhouse room, somebody said, oh, I looked at somebody's profile, read a Maya Angelou quote. There's like, man, it inspired me. And I was like, man, that's amazing how you can find inspiration in the weirdest places. Right. Right. And, but it makes you smile having a bad day, but that, that inspired me. I went back and now, man, I, every time I'm involved and I'm there and I can say something, I, I cheer them on, high five them, slap them on the back, whatever it is. I want them to know how much I appreciate and how exciting it is. You know, oh, it's just a mini. Who cares, bro? You just help somebody. You just help somebody change their life. You're, they're getting ready to leave here in a car. Look how happy they are. Yeah. Imagine how much more that, brother, you keep them good. You follow up with these people. These are the type of people that will come back and buy multiple vehicles. They'll send all their friends to you, but they have to remember you, not mm. just the experience. The experience they're going to remember, but they have to remember you too. So make sure you stay in front of them. Make sure you love on them, you know, show them love on social media, show them love on their birthdays, show them love on their anniversary, you know, carversary days when they bought the car, yeah. all those types of things that we need to do. And man, honestly, I just kind of rambled on. I do apologize about that, but you get what I'm saying here, right? Yeah. I get deep, I get deep into that. And I, it's, it's just, it starts from the top and you have to, it breaks it down and it can get so much, but it's really simple. I think all of everything that we want to do in sales and all of everything we want to do on this planet is just do the right thing and be a human being to each other. Yeah. You know, we, we hear the verse and we've heard this um, scripture and we've heard this before is that, you know, do unto others as you would do unto yourself, do, you know, treat your neighbors like you would treat yourself, yourself, not how you want to treat your neighbors, but how you would want them to treat you and how you would treat yourself, your family, yourself is your family, the people you truly care, love your blood, how you treat them is how you treat somebody that you don't even know how you treat anybody. You just treat everyone the same with love and compassion and all these things. And when you do that and you're really there to help them and help somebody accomplish something that they're so scared to do that coming to a dealership takes a lot of energy for somebody. Mm -hmm. It really does, man. Mm -hmm. I don't blame them, man. I used to bang them up for a long time, man. I did it for like a long time. I was a, I was a hammer. I would make people do stuff that I knew that was not right. Right. But I would, but you know, it, it's sad that I did that. And I'm not smiling because I think it's funny that I did that. I, I'm smiling because I've come so far. Right. I'm smiling because I'm so excited because if I can, if I could change after the way I was, I know the whole business can change. It just takes a little bit at a time. And the more people like us talking about it and trying to do what we do and encourage people and show people, Hey, I can have a good time, smile, be different. I can have tattoos on my arms. It doesn't matter. I've, I just got to be the best version of myself. Give myself the preferred experience yeah. that I want. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that that's why when you talked about it before we got this and you talked about the preferred experience, I know I'm still rambling, I'm sorry, but you talked about the preferred experience in your life that you're just, you live for the preferred experience. Yeah. I didn't realize I was doing the same thing and, but not always, but since I've been doing that, my life has become whew, my experience that I yeah. want. It's more fulfilling. I get in it. What's crazy is that it touches a lot of other people. When you do that, folks, you, you want to be fulfilled, live your life. And people will just, they, they're going to first be like, Oh, what are you doing, man? Why are you doing this? What's your end game? I, I hate that saying, what's yeah. your end game? <laughs> My end game is that I'm going to die. 
Uh, thank you. I have. I don't I, know. Like, what I don't I, have an end game. I hope I want to live here as long as possible. So I hope that's not anytime soon. Yeah. But my whole plan is just to be better than I was yesterday. Yeah. Find a yeah. way to be a better human. Try to be as close to Christ as I can be. And if I can do that every single day and try to be as Christ-like as possible, I know that I have. I can be much more than I could ever imagine. Because this world gives us opportunity. God has given us opportunity to be everything we've ever wanted to be. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it. We restrict ourselves to our own minds. We believe we're a product of our environments. Yeah, we may be slight products of our environment, but that's because of our mind. Once again, we grew up in that. Your environment was only for if you're if you say, "Oh, my parents were 18 years was all you had with them." What do you? And if I'm 42, so that's that's 24 more years that I got to have a whole other lifetime to get a different experience, become a product of something else. Right. And that's my preferred experience, the one I want. You know, and and that's something that I've didn't realize. I mean, honestly, like that's kind of stuff hit my head when you were talking about earlier. It's like, man, I've, I never, I, when I lived other people's, when they were pushing me, I was living that I was happy. I was somewhat, you know, I was doing things and, but, but but once I started pulling myself changed up, man, it Mm -hmm. changed it all up. And I, and, and I think it's the same thing in this business. We have to be that way as salespeople because individuals want their preferred experience, figure out what their preferred experience is, ask questions, Give them the preferred experience as close as you want. Yeah, we have our processes, but you can, you can tailor it to that. Mm. You know, I used to tell my guys, there's 10 steps to row to sale, but you don't have to do every 10 step by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Right. So right. some of those you're going to kind of do in order, but you just have to make sure you do all those. Cause if you didn't, you didn't really do your job. And one of my favorite parts about one of my favorite parts in the 10 steps of the road to sale isn't the delivery. I love delivery though. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it's build rapport. And, and the reason why I love that is because that's what I always did really well. It's because I ask a lot of questions. I, I get to know them. By the time they leave, I know how many kids they have, how long they've been doing it, what kind of job they want, what's their favorite color and vehicles, mm-hmm. interiors, why they're in here, why I don't like their last vehicle. What's, what was the things I hate about that one? You know, it's so many questions I asked and I gave them, but I gave them the opportunity to tell me and then let them talk. You know, I ask questions and let them talk more than I talked, yeah. you know, and, and that's, kind of what, what you have to do. You have to become that type of person. Um, if, and it's not become, you have to be that person. And I think it's all inside everybody. You just have to understand, you have to be, I don't know, empathetic a little bit. And I think some of us lose a little bit of empathy, um, in life because we think it's all about us, 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 us. And it's 100% not about us. (laughs) It's totally nothing is about us. This world is huge. We're just a flick in That's time it. and space, but you know, we, it, but we, it being a, it's just being the best version of yourself and giving to others. It, it, it does so much, man, bro. Y- you know, here, here's what I love about you. You think you're rambling and maybe that's because this conversation has become so part of your nature. Mm-hmm. But what I promise you is everything that you just spat out at me was, was pure fire. And more people need to hear it. Here here are the thoughts that come through my mind. Um, My wife says that I am logical to a headache sometimes because like I'm listening to you speak and my logic starts kicking in. And I start thinking about how in business we all love the quotes and the analogies and teach a man to fish and all of these sorts of things, right? Well, how do we love teach a man to fish concept 
yet keep trying to get somebody to fish for us day after day. Like we're always in the immediate. I want fish now. No, that's not the concept. You can't say you love the concept of teach a man to fish and he'll be fed for his lifetime because that in and of itself means that you are willing to bait the hook, throw the hook in the water and what? Wait, troll, do the actions. It doesn't mean you're immediately going to catch a fish. But then when that's applied to business, it's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Nobody bought today. We didn't meet our goal today. We didn't move enough metal today. Dude, that, you can't love that concept. And, but, but then when push comes to shove in your business, you actually don't love that concept. Like You need to make up your mind, fool. Right? And then the second thing that comes to my mind is, you know, you bring up, you bring up the concept of do unto others as um, you would have them do unto you. But you also brought that full circle because if, if, if we're living a Christ-like life, in my opinion, um, well, that means that we do our best to do what the Savior would do mm-hmm. if he were here personally to do it. And what did he do? He didn't do anything for himself. He treated others the way they needed to be treated. He wasn't blind, but he healed the blind. That was their and them need. He wasn't possessed, but he healed the possessed. Yes. He he wasn't lacking virtue, yet he was able to forgive the harlots and the he gave so so it makes me think of the golden rule, treat others the way that you want to be treated. But what you're really talking about, man, and, and I think this is a perfect place to end full circle, is the platinum rule. And the platinum rule is to treat others the way that they want to be treated. So my man, thank you so much for bringing this, this wisdom to us from your 20 years in the car business. Thank you for nerding out about A10 Warthogs with me. Sorry, sorry, DPB gang. That was self-indulgence right there. But my man, how can those listening get in touch with you? Man, it's very simple. Of course, you can always reach out to me. My cell phone's public, 270-872-9277. Or you can get me on my email, fred at carguycoffee.com. Fred at carguycoffee. Thanks so much for joining me on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.